You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Today, I have Wally Miller on the line. Now, Wally is a first-generation college student, daughter of an immigrant, and a self-made millionaire who is committed to helping high achievers reach their financial goals and design a life that they love. Wally wasn't always a financial wizard, which we'll get into in a little bit, but now that she is, she is committed to using her powers for good by helping others take control of their finances. So, hey, Wally, how are you? Hi, Tiff. I'm good. I hope all is well with absolutely, you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's good to see you again. Um, I know we talked prior to the co- hit and record and, you know, we met at FinCon, which FinCon is awesome. Are you going this year? I haven't decided. I, I yeah, I have not decided yet. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, let's skip all of that. Um, let's get into the, the meat and potatoes of why we're here. And I just wanted to go over. So when you started on this journey, you were first a fire blogger. Now, um, once you did that, I I just want to get kind of in your head, like what prompted you to say, you know what, Wally, (laughs) we about to do this fire thing. Like what started you off on that journey? Yeah, absolutely. So first, for people who don't know what FIRE is, FIRE is just an acronym that stands for Financially Independent Retire Early. So I want to go back a little bit, right? Um, When I was in my 20s, I did the whole college thing. I got a good job. I negotiated my salary got promoted. And I came to a place where I was making pretty decent money. You know, I was really fortunate that I had someone who shared with me what their salary was. And so when I was applying for a new job, I knew that I could negotiate and I ended up getting about $15,000 more than they had originally offered. And so I was at a really decent place. And so it was like the first time that I had um, not only enough money to be able to pay um, my uh, rent and my food and my car note and my student loans, but I also had some money left over. And so I did what I had wanted to do for a long time, which was like, okay, it's time to upgrade the wardrobe, buy some shoes, start traveling. And so once my bills were paid, I did what I thought was the responsible thing, right? I really stayed out of credit card debt. Um, and I just started spending money. I didn't really know what else to do. I was saving a little bit, but compared to my what my extra money was, it wasn't a lot. Like I was saving like maybe $50 a paycheck, right? Yet I was spending a lot of extra money on clothes and shoes and eating out and all these things. And so that was how I spent most of my 20s. And it wasn't until I was maybe 28 or 29 where I received a earnings statement from the Social Security Administration. I don't even know if they still send these out. I think now you could just go online and get a free account, which I recommend everybody to do because it's total eye-opening. But I received this letter from the Social Security Administration and it basically showed my earnings for my lifetime. So I had that job from when I worked summers when I was 15 and 16 years old and when I worked at Burger King and all the little uh, side jobs that I had in college. And when I added up the total amount of money that I had made in my lifetime, I was shocked. I was like, how did I make all of that money and where is it? And that was where it kind of hit me that 
I was not doing things right. If you would have asked me in my 20s if I was good with money, I would have said yes, because I was out of credit card debt, right? I didn't have credit card debt. But the reality was that I wasn't doing I wasn't building wealth, right? I wasn't maximizing and sort of leveraging like this position that I was in. And so that was sort of like the first inclination that I had to do something different. Now, fast forward a couple of years. Um, by this time, I was saving a little bit more and I came across an article. It was a very clickbaity article and it was like couple who, you know, um, retires at the age of 40 to travel the world. And I was like, you know, eyes roll. But I read the article and it was really interesting to me because the article stated like they weren't, uh, um, you know, each of them weren't earning like six figures, right? Like they use some very simple tactics, like reducing the expenses, um, going from a two car family to a one car family, packing their lunch. And they use that extra money that they were now saving in order to build wealth. Now, I don't know about you, Tiffany, but for me, I didn't even relate to that term wealth. Like to me, when I thought about it, I thought of like an old person smoking a cigar in a velvet robe. And so I was like, what does wealth even mean anyways? But what allured me, like what really attracted me, I was like, wow, there's a way that you could basically save your way to freedom. And during that time, I had really, I was lucky enough to have a job that I really enjoyed. But you know, when management changes and policies change, it made like this ideal work environment into kind of a toxic situation. And I realized that if I just quit my job, that I wasn't gonna be able to pay rent or food or groceries or anything like that. I wasn't gonna be able to keep. So I was essentially having, you know, I needed to work in order to pay all of my bills. And I was in that sort of paycheck to paycheck cycle. And so as I read more into what the couple was doing and was it anything that I could duplicate, is was it anything that I could replicate, I realized that I was sort of missing that wealth building component. And that was sort of where my financial independence journey to retiring early started. Awesome, awesome. You said so many nuggets in there. And I think the first one I want to hit on is awareness, right? So you noticed like once you got that social security statement, you were like, hmm, there's a lot of money. Like, where is it? Because I don't see it. Um, and so that was like your first inclination, like, wait a minute, something's not right about this. And then just reading up on other people's stories and getting that knowledge and taking what you can use and leaving what you can't, you know, that type of thing. Because, you know, it's all about realizing that what you're doing, there's always a way that you can get better. Right. So you realize that very early on, luckily, um, that there is a way to change this trajectory and kind of do things a little different. And it's funny. I also want to hit on how you said you were a spender. You were like, oh, I got, you know, now that I can afford things, let me go ahead and get things. And so you you experience that lifestyle creep that I talk about sometimes on the podcast where, you know, as you start making more money, you start spending more money. So it's really like you didn't make any extra because now you still live in the exact same way. So I'm glad that you mentioned that in your story as well. Um, now, with all of that being said, so you got on the journey, you was like, okay, Wally, it's time to get your act together. Let's get this done. So what were some of the strategies that you used um, to in order to start going towards fire? 
Now, as you know, as a financial coach, it's so important to understand what it is that you want, when you want it, and then to get to know your numbers. And so I had to come to the realization to figure out really where was my money going? Because I kind of had a budget and my budget was, okay, make sure these bills get paid. But when it came to the extra that I had left over, I didn't know where it was going. And so um, that was sort of the first thing that I did. Once I listed out all of my bills being paid, I looked at the amount that was left over and I was like, I never have that much money left over. Like, what's going on, right? Is that really, like, is that really the thing? And I looked at, you know, I have, have you heard of a no spend challenge? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So I failed at no spend challenges, but what it made me do is become aware at where the budget leaks were. And so I decided to do a no spend challenge where I would only spend money on the things that were absolutely necessary, the essentials, like make sure my rent was paid, my student loan was paid, make sure I have food. And then um, I wasn't going to spend any extra money for seven days. And I realized that I couldn't do that. And it wasn't that I was spending hundreds of dollars, but I would go to Target to buy toilet paper and paper towels and leave with home decor pillows. I would be on my way to put gas in the car and I would make a side trip to like TJ Maxx and Burlington Co-Factory, you know? And um, I would say, okay, I'm going to bring my lunch today. And even if I brought my lunch to work, I would say, ah, I don't want to eat this. I'm going to go grab something else. And so I realized that I was, I was, wasting or sort of leaking this money, right? And it wasn't like huge amounts of money, but when you add $5 here, $20 there, $10 here, that's where it adds up. So it made me aware of where my money was going, right? Because I it didn't really make sense to me of how much. The other thing was that when I looked at my closet, I realized that I wore probably a quarter of the closet that I had, right? I had things in there that had tags on it. I had things in there that I just didn't fit right or weren't my style anymore. And so I realized that I was disrespecting my money, right? Because I was disrespecting the clothes. I wasn't wearing them. I wasn't appreciating them. And so that was kind of where I started, right? Really understanding, okay, if I didn't have any extra money, How much money do I need like that bare essentials to make sure that the things that need to get paid, get paid. And then once I realized, okay, now this is how much money I have left over. I focused on the things that were really important to me, right? I wasn't about to like stop getting my eyebrows threaded. I wasn't about to like never eat out, but there were some things that I'm like, okay, this brings adds value to my life or brings me joy. So I'm going to keep this in the budget. How much money do I have left over after that? And with that money, that's when I decided, okay, what can I do in order to sort of accelerate this path to be financially free, to be financially independent? And I decided to focus on getting rid of my car payment and getting rid of my student loans. Now, by this point, remember, now I'm in my 30s. So by this point, I didn't have that much student loans left. So I was able to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to just send as much money as I can to my student loans. And it had never occurred to me to do that before, right? They told me my payment was X amount of money for the next 10 years. And I sort of bought into that, not realizing that had I been paying a little bit more, I could have paid it off in six years, (laughs) you know, or whatever the amount of money. And so 
it sounds so simple, but this is kind of how naive I was, right? Like, wow, you can actually pay more than the minimum or more than the required. And that was some of the first steps that I started doing. Yes. And all wrapped into that, like if if nobody took anything else from what you just said, is that you have to become intimate with your numbers. Like that's where it all starts. That's where you can make the tweaks. Like Wally was saying, she realized she was like, oh, there's a little bit of leak here. There's a little bit of leak here. And so she was able to plug up those holes and get a, a more well-oiled machine. Um, so I, I, I love your story because it resonates even with me. Um, you know, as I was going through this journey, some of those same things, like bringing your lunch and then like, you know what, I don't know if I want leftovers today. Let me just go run up here, you know, that type of thing. Um, so I'm sure it resonates with a lot of people. Now you gave us what got you on the journey, kind of what strategies you implemented along the way. Now, where are you now in your fire journey? Yeah. So Right now, um, my husband and I, I am married, so my husband and I will both be able to be work optional um, and quit our jobs by the time I'm 40. And so I just want to encourage people because even if you're 50 and you're like, how in the world is this possible? I want to tell you that I had I started making some changes in 2015, 2016. And so we're in 2022. That is not a long time to really transform your financial story and build wealth. And so as I mentioned, I began to pay off debt. Once I paid off my debt, I was like, wait a minute. Okay, now what do I do with what I used to pay for my car, right? What do I do with that extra money? And then I focused on my husband's car note and we paid off his car note. And so now we started having this extra money and I build up some emergency funds. I build up some savings accounts. I wanted to have a travel fund that was important to me. And then with the money that was left over, we began investing. And now when I say investing, people are like, okay, wait a minute. Now you lost me. I I can't do that. But really some of the simple ways to get started on that is um, things like putting money aside into your 401k or your 403b or your thrift savings plan, right? And it's automatic. So that money gets pulled out before you get a direct deposit and it forces you to set that money aside, have that money invested, which I never really equated. I didn't know that putting money into my retirement plan was investing. And so I was already a little bit of an investor and didn't even know it. And so so as as we began to reduce our expenses, pay down debt, we increase our contributions to our 401ks, right? Once we were able to max out, and that just means to put the, uh, the, the allowable amount that the IRS says you can, right? We, in here in 2022, you can only put 20,500. Now, back in the day, it was like 16,000, right? So we, you know, started working towards that. And it wasn't an easy feat, right? Because I was saving very minimal at that point. I was saving about 3% of my salary and I slowly increased it. Now, I like to use this acronym says we need to focus on cutting the fat. And how I describe fat is F-A-T-T, which is cut your expenses when it comes to food, your accommodations, which your housing, right? Transportation, so car, car notes, things like that, or a fuel. And then the last T is taxes, 
right? The more money we make, the more taxes we have to pay. And sometimes you even get pushed out into a, in a higher tax bracket. And what I realized was that the IRS gave me in, an incentive, right? If I save money for my retirement and I invested money into a retirement plan, my taxable income went down. And that was like mind blown, right? I had entered into this point where I was kind of sometimes owing money. And I realized that if I began to put more money into my retirement accounts, uh, my workplace retirement accounts, guess what? I had to pay less in taxes. And so if we can sort of figure out, because of course, cutting out those things like the lattes and the trip to targets, they help for sure. But if we, it's really those big expenses, right? The food, the accommodations, the transportation costs and taxes. If you can focus on the FATT on cutting the fat, that's where you'll make the big, the, the biggest difference. Yes, that is gold, y'all. So definitely catch those gems because those are the biggest expenses that you have. And like I play games with myself all the time. I'm like, okay, like, for instance, um, when it comes to, um, you know, my Internet and stuff, I'm like, okay. how can I get my internet bill lower? And one tip that I have, um, which I think is still around during the pandemic, um, I was only paying like $20 for internet because they had a program where they had, um, you know, they kind of subsidized your internet costs during the pandemic for certain providers. And so the provider that I was with, they were part of the program. And a lot of people didn't know that. So if y'all have spectrum, go ahead and look it up. Um, But um, a lot of people didn't know that and they were giving people $50 on their bill. And so every time I got my bill, it was $20. But, you know, it just takes a little bit of research. It takes a little bit of time just to get some of those things, you know, um, know some of those things. And then you can start implementing. And then, like you said, these little expenses add up. Like if you compound $50 over how many months we were in the pandemic, I saved a lot of money. And that money could be invested or saved or paying off debt or whatever. And so you You kind of have to maximize your money and how it's used, optimize it. So thank you so much, Wally. You dropped so many gems. Now, if people were interested in finding out more about you or becoming a client, how would they do so? Yeah, I'm most active on Instagram um, and you can visit me at financially underscore thriving or just go to my website, financiallythriving.com and you'll see all the handles and how to reach out. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'm glad you finally made it on. Um, And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for having me. Take care. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient. <laughs>